We're about to talk to Chris Barsby as well. Uh, he's got some special guests lined up, including Trent Dawson. But as I mentioned, one of the highlights on the weekend is going to be a feature race in Victoria. One of New Zealand's stars is going to line up in this particular race. 28, hay bar, tender leads from Kango. Copy that. Here he comes now. Start to cheer for the champ up on the outside. Hay bar, tender swings by three. Copy that. Then last tango in heaven, hot and treacherous through on the inside. Hay bar, tender. Copy that. He's sailing home down the outside. Here he comes. Copy that. And the postman, Blair Orange, he'll deliver in front of a full house tonight at the park. And copy that at his brilliant best over Yeah, copy that. Chris Barsby is joining us. Good morning to you, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Do you think he's the one to beat? What do you like in the Ballarat Cup on the weekend? Well, it's an intriguing race. There's no question about it, Steve. When you consider we've got the dual New Zealand Cup winner lining up, copy that. And then you've got the end of Dominion winner there, Ryan Cast No Shadow. There's a, a plethora of other stars stepping out in that race. It's a very interesting race. Who leads? That's going to be a great question here because rock and roll do it. The emergency comes out. We'll run from the inside. New driver Anthony Butt sits behind rock and roll do. Cranbourne showed great gate speed to lead the Shepparton Cup last week. Torrid Saint is known for his gate speed. We know Copy That can run the gate as well. And then you've got the likes of Icarno Shadow, Honolulu Bay. So it's going to be a very interesting race. Look, I'm happy to be with Copy That because he's got the class. I know many might be a little gun-shy with him because of the last time he campaigned in Victoria. It was sound without being great. But I think he comes back to Victoria a much better horse this time in. His regular driver, Blair Orange, makes the commitment. I think we can read something into that as well. So I'm happy to be with him. 380 currently. Cranbourne, who won last week, Shepparton Cup 360. If you were judging this race in New Zealand, Steve, I think there'd be a lot bigger gap between Copy That and Cranbourn. But, as we know, Cranbourn's now under a new trainer, David Aiken. Nathan Jack takes the drive, but I think 380 Copy That is fair shopping. Mm, Chris, I want to watch this horse. Uh, I've watched a few of his wins, probably not like you. You know he's formed back the front, but this this old town road, he can really pace can't. He's 8 from 14, and uh, he's he's looked good in a couple of those races in New Zealand. Old town road here off the second row. Well, he's the X Factor, Steve. Yeah. There's no question about it. He, he, he keeps shaping up every time he goes to the track. Uh, he was so good during Cup Week over there. First time on Australian soil. So a little bit of an unknown, but he's clearly the X Factor. And the fact, too, that Zach Butcher comes across the driving. Zach's one of the best drivers in New Zealand, if not the best. So that's a good tick of approval there for Old Town Road. And the other one, which, which is somewhat still un, untapped, is Major Meister. Since being under the care of Jason Grimson, he's unbeaten this guy, and he's knocked off a few feature races in his past couple. He's got a big challenge in front of him tomorrow, or on Saturday night, drawn basically the outside of the second row. But we still don't know how good this guy is. Jason Grimson's talking him up, so... This is going to be a good challenge for both Old Town Road and Major Meister. Mm, that's the Ballarat Cup on the weekend, Group 1 level. It's over the long trip as well, 2,700 metres. Where did Rock and Roll do? Is he is his form tapered off a bit, Chris, or not? Well, I, I'm not sure where he's at, Steve, because he was taken out of the Bendigo Cup last time. Now, that was where we saw Michael Stanley injured when Major Meister ran into the back of Michael Stanley. So... I'm not sure. This will tell us a lot more. He's been back to the trials. Anthony Butt drove him at the Geelong trials recently. He gave him the big thumbs up, the tick of approval. So um, I think this will tell us a lot more um, that the Hunter Cup comes up uh, in the following couple of weeks. So that's the, the grand target, I suppose, for Rock and Roll Do. But 
I'm just not sure where he's at. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any sort of market support for him leading into Saturday night's All right. feature. Uh, first guess, he's been very patient waiting, Trent Dawson. He's a busy man as well because he's got commitments here at Redcliffe today, but it's a special time for the Dawson clan this weekend. In particular, tomorrow night at Albion Park because we've got the inaugural running of the John and Beryl Dawson legacy. And the man that was the master, uh, the mastermind behind this concept is Trent Dawson, and he's going to be participating in the race tomorrow night. Trent, really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for having me on, Chris. How did you come up with this concept? Well, like most most good ideas, I guess it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek and a, and a bit of banter. Pete, my, Pete McMullen and myself were having one day, and um, we are sort of saying we could, we could fill a race, and... Um, you know, racing Queensland and Albion Park were really fantastic. I kind of floated the idea to them, um, and, and they seemed to they really really liked the idea. So they they took the ball and uh, really got it got it rolling. And um, yeah, I was really appreciative for them to do it because it's a it's a great thing to celebrate. So for those that don't know, John and Beryl Dawson. Uh, they're your grandparents. John no longer with us, and this coincides with the the, the twenty year passing uh, of John. But your, your grandmother Beryl is still uh, very much involved. She's very active. But the family tree, how how far and wide does it stretch? Yeah, well, um, yeah, we we gotta we gotta make sure we're not re- not related every time you uh, you talk to someone in the racing industry. But uh, we're <laughs> There's a lot of Dawsons, like the McMullins are involved, and um, you know, like yeah, it's like really when you when you take in the uh, the people that people that are married to and that, it's um, it's really quite consuming. And you know, if you you're talking about just the active participants, not just drivers, that there's there's quite a bunch more than what you'll see on Friday night. Yeah, and, and not only here in Queensland, it stretches down to, to Sydney, New South Wales as well. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're not necessarily Dawson's, I guess, but I like I've got relations in New South Wales, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite encompassing. Yeah, the, the Morris family, so they're they're related to you as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm Robbie is uh, is my cousin, so mum and uh, my mum Gail Dawson, she, she's a Morris, so she's Peter Morris's and Noel Morris's sister. So um, yeah, we're 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 quite deep into it. Okay, so if you really wanted to, and and if you really wanted to to get in, in well, get behind it and get support uh, from trainers, you could fill a couple of races with the amount of uh, people that are involved in harness racing. Then, yeah, well, uh, there was there was a couple of races uh, a couple of years ago. There was a race there, and um, I sort of remember walking around the circle and looking at, and I think David Morris was up here at the time. Um, you know, another cousin, and uh, and Robbie Morris was up here, and. And then all the, all the, the local cousins were in here too, and uh, I think Kelly was in the same race. And I I remember thinking, you know, it, was, it practically was a family race. Yeah, well, there you go. And just on, on your grandma Beryl, um, she still very much uh, follows the, the the careers of all the grandkids that are still going around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I spoke to her. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just got suspended on the Friday, the Friday night before, and it was the Saturday morning that I spoke to her, and she, she already, she already knew I got suspended, so she, uh, she, she was right up on top of everything. She knows, she knows all our winners, and um, yeah, and like I say, even, even when we do something wrong, she, she know, she knows about it. Okay, I'm tipping she's glued to Sky Channel. Then she'd watch a fair bit of Sky Racing. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if she needs a remote control. It just stays on the same station. So, um, no, I think I think she she certainly has a lot to follow anyway. Okay, so this race tomorrow night comes through as race number four. Uh, so the driver's competing tomorrow night. Yourself, uh, and you've got barrier one. Uh, Nathan Dawson, Narissa McMullen, Danielle Vivas, me McMullen, Talia McMullen, Chantel Turpin, Pete McMullen, Kelly Dawson. So it's a, a good group there. How many family members do you think will get trackside tomorrow night? Yeah, I think that, like there's quite a bunch of them going, so that there's um, you know they they're going to be be there to watch it, and um, you know it's actually like it's really been appreciated by the family, and um, you know it's, like I say, it was really good of Racing Queensland and Albion Park uh, to really get behind it. So it'll be the first of many, by the sound of it. Well, that's uh, like we were, we were sort of talking the other day, and um, you know there's a, a bunch of great grandkids of, um, that, are, that are going through the mini trotters currently so they, they may have to have two or three races if they're going to continue it in five or ten years time well fingers crossed and tell me will Beryl be trackside tomorrow night yep yeah she's going she's uh she's already planning I don't I don't think she um I think she's planning on staying in the program so I, I think she she doesn't she doesn't want to just go for the one race so, so it'll be good good for her okay, to go there and uh I'm going to put you under the pump here. Does Grandma have a favourite driver? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She probably she probably would, I'd say, but she won't ever tell anyone. She probably tells <laughs> us all we're, we're the favourite. So that's um, that's that's probably understandable too. Okay. Well, we look forward to that tomorrow night, uh, the first edition of the uh, the Dawson Legacy, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it's a race that's going to be on the calendar uh, year after year moving forward. You've got a couple of runners today. I just wanted to quiz you about a few of these. Race two, number four, Lucky Jim. Uh, he's a proven Albion Park winner. Looks a fairly handy race, this. There's a couple that have got talent. How do you rate your guys' chances? Yeah, I, I, I think he's a good chance in the race. It's, it's one of those races there. There's a couple that seem like they show a bit of promise, but, you know, also uh, there's a couple there that um, don't look like they've completely put it together yet. So hopefully they don't put it completely together today and... Um, you know, our guy's sort of been pretty consistent without being uh, a star at this point. But, um, you know, I, I don't think from, from the way they've sort of all gone, he, he's right in it today up to his neck, I'm sure. OK, you're going forward at the start? Yeah, that's always, you know, without thinking, that's generally my number one plan with my, most races and you, you tone it down from there. But today, um, that race, I, I think it's sort of... You know, there's a couple of question marks underneath us that, um, you know, we may as well ask the question for uh, for a couple of hundred anyway. Sure. Race four, number three, Miss Fernandez. Uh, at her best, she's more than capable here. Yeah, she she's sort of honest, but, you know, honest is, is she's never she's never really spectacular either. She sort of gives, gives the same every time she goes out, but it's never great. Um, but that draw is a bit tricky for her. She doesn't seem to be um, overly fast out of the gate, but um, you know it's only a, a eight horse field too. So if she, if she's, if they put a little bit of pace on early, I think she can run home over the top of them. But we're going, probably going to be a little dependent on them. Okay, will she be comfortable on this track? Yeah, she's actually. I've raced her, raced her here quite a bit. I. This time back, is, um, this preparation has been the only time I've managed to win a race with her. And uh, I've had it when she was two and again when she was three or four, I think. And, um, 
we did a lot of racing at Redcliffe and can never win, but she seems much more comfortable this time. Um, I've got her, so yeah, she, she's fi- she seems fine around the track. Just um, you know, we we kind of just got to hope for them to to run the race to suit us. Okay, uh, in your last runner today, race nine, number eight, kisses the misses, a very intriguing runner coming off a long break. So, what are the confidence levels like? Well, she tried really well. Her work's been really good. She's had a, a pretty pretty good preparation. Um, you know, it's like she sort of had a long time off. It was kind of snuck up on us a little bit. She went out for to have a month off twelve months ago, and we we um, we just didn't really get around to. It. We had too many others at the time, and then. She, uh, she just got put on the back burner. So there was no real problem. Um, she was probably a bit disappointing 12 months ago in her last preparation. But, um, yeah, she seems seems like she's come back like she was at three now. And, and if the three-year-old Kisses for Misses turned up, she'd beat these today. But, um, you know, we've probably got a little bit of a question mark on her too. But, like, I, th- I think ability-wise, at, at three, I, I had a bit of an opinion of her. And, um, you know, she can get somewhere back towards there. I mean, I... She could probably handle these, but that's that's I don't know whether that's hoping or you know asking big questions or what. But it'd be nice if she could get somewhere back there. Okay, well fingers crossed for her with a a successful return today. The other one that I've got to ask you about, and most importantly, your Group One winner for real life. He was back in the trials on Tuesday afternoon. He looked really sharp, Trent. Were you happy with that performance? Yeah, I was ecstatic with you know obviously. Those, that last half and that last quarter were, you know, they they run those speeds. They, they got to be good horses to run those kind of times. But um, you know, it was the little things that really pleased me with him. His attitude at the track and um, just the way he did the little things, like spat the bit and on a loose rein most of the way. Um, you know, these are the things that we really needed him to come back and hit them, hit those nails on the head this time in. And um, he really has. So he's. he's He's a markedly stronger and, and bigger looking horse than what he was at two, and um, I, he won. You know, he won that Group One, and he was placing another one. But ultimately, I, I think I was actually quite disappointed with how, how his two-year-old program um, kind of eventuated. I thought he probably should have been a lot better in a lot of other races. But um, yeah, we won the big ones, so um, let's just hope we can turn the page on that, and he can you know win a couple more. Okay, so he's a more mature horse now. Yeah, well, he's always big, but I think he just needed time to grow. And, um, you know, there's a couple of races he raced last year as a two-year-old. He just he wasn't comfortable, and for no reason. And I, I think, as it turned out, he, you know, he probably could have just gone for three months in the paddock at any stage through his two-year-old career, and it would have done him the world of good. But he um, he won that race, that triad last, last start, and then we gave him three months off. And, um, you know, he's come back and... Yeah, everything everything I had sort of thought thought he was at, at two. He, he seems like he's just hitting that all the time now. So um, yeah, I was really happy with the, with his comeback. And um, you know, he, if he can keep going that way, well then um, you know we're going to have to look at some better races. Short term target. What have you got earmarked there? Oh, there's a couple of local races on the on the on the program for the in the next two or three weeks. That um, it'd be nice to sort of go there and just measure him up a little bit. Um, make sure that make sure that we're going to be consistent, and um, you know that's that's one thing we want him to be. We want him to be what he was on Tuesday every time we go out there. And um, if he can if he can do that over the next few weeks, then um, you know we're we're making tentative plans. If he does if he does look to do everything right, I mean 
you know, we'd, we'd like to go to the New South Wales Derby with him, but, um, you know, he's, he's going to write his own ticket if he wants to go there. Okay. Well, a lot to look forward to. Really appreciate the time today, and we'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. Chris Barsby, of course, still with us. Thanks to Garrard's mobile rolling. Chris, and you've got Graham Dwyer joining us now. Yeah, I certainly do, Steve. Uh, appreciate that. And he's flying the Queensland flag uh, tomorrow night down in New South Wales because Tamworth are hosting their biggest race night of the year because it's the Golden Guitar Final. And Graham's got a leading chance with Surface lining up. He's got to overcome a second row draw, but Graham's online with us now. Graham, appreciate the time. Yeah, good morning, Chris. What are the confidence levels like uh, going into the Golden Guitar Final? Um, no, everything's good. Like, the horses are... Uh gives you good confidence because we haven't had any um, anything go wrong and he's just doing really well. And, and I think each run he's had here, he's done better. So, um, and he handles the track, he's fast. You know, the draw might go against him, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's, uh, he's a horse that can handle these conditions and uh, for the right sort of run, he should be okay. Is he the horse to beat? Uh, possibly, yeah, I, I'd say he is. But to be fair, I think it's a very even... Um, field. I think there's probably six runners there that could easily win this race. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't swap him for any of them because just the way um, I know how he's pulled up and, uh, you know, and he's, he's improving each run at the moment. So his half the other day was super. And, um, look, I think he broke the track record there the other day, over 1,900, and, which is not easy to do here. And so you'd have to be confident with him. And um, I wouldn't swap him, that's for sure. Okay. The horse that's drawn the pole, my alderman Skeeter, is he one that, you know, you're fearful of? Uh, he was beaten in his heat, but uh, that was his first up run. And the fact that he's got the inside draw, he's obviously going to demand a lot of respect. Oh, I think so, because I think last week he got sort of pressured mid-race. And then, um, then when we made our run, it made it for a quick half as well, which I think just took the sting out of him a little bit before we got involved. So... Um, if he held up, um, you know, I'd have to say he'd probably, you know, dictate a little bit and would give himself a chance. But uh, having said that, I think Metallica man drawn three there, he's going to be running the gate hard. So they'll have to ask the question early to really hold hold that one out. And whether that sets it up a bit from, for the horses behind, I don't know. But I do think, um, you know, with that right bit of luck in those circumstances, it might put us into the race a little bit. More early speed, the better then. Oh, we, we're going to need luck, Chris. The, the tracks, you know, can really go against you and obviously being too far back and, you know, and there's not much between them anyway. So um, I think, you know, a lot of things have got to go our way, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to be, um, you know, overly too worried about it. We're just sort of grateful to be in the race and, and enjoy our time here and, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Okay. Just on the track itself, though, you, you've raced there a fair bit. It, it's it's improved a heck of a lot, though, the track, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was sort of quite flat then. I was looking at it yesterday, um, you know, through the week and that, and, you know, the, the corners do look better than what I remember them, and uh, and they do seem to handle the track better, I think, as well. And, and they can run time on their nails um, as well, you know. So, yeah, to me, the surface is quick. Um, the, the, the corners seem better and uh, and they're running time. So um, I think that just sort of says, you know, the track is definitely better. Well, it's a $40,000 feature. You're coming off a career best year last year, 2022. This would be a great way to start 2023. Well, yeah, like last year was a real 
you know, a slog for us. We had to really work for each win that we got last year. And, um, you know, to, but this year is just sort of, uh, you know, payback for that year, I think, because um, it was hard work last year. And, and this year coming away, we just sort of had a couple of the right horses to bring and, um, and they've all settled in well. And, yeah, but I'm hoping this will be a, a nice start for sure. Okay. Have you stayed down there the whole time or did you make the trip back? No, we stayed down here the whole time just to uh, just to get away. Chris, it's sort of hard to get away, you know, with the you know the, the amount of racing that we have um, in Queensland and um, and the size stable that we are. So it's it's easy enough just to say once a year let's just take a couple with us and uh, you know and, and and have a break at the same time, which we've done and um, you know and it's it's been really good and um, yeah, just looking forward to the, tomorrow night and hopefully it all pays off. Okay, Lane's had a few. Did I see him in the trials down there recently? Yeah, he's had a couple of trials. Um, you know, I think he's placed in a couple, and uh, no, he's enjoyed it as well, like meeting different people and some of his uh, best mates are here as well. So he, he's spending time with them, and um, no, it's just good to catch up with people that you sort of meet along the way, and and we all sort of congregate here in a way once a year, and um, and socialise a bit. So it's it's good just to catch up and and not have the pressure of racing and uh, competing all the time, you know, and just uh, enjoying what goes on in Tamworth, you know. All right. Well, not only are you chasing the Golden Guitar, you're chasing the Tamworth City Gold Cup as well with high voltage. Can he go all the way? It's, it's a hard question, Chris. Um, one, obviously, we all know high voltage. Uh, we usually race him over the short trip. You know, we did um, race him the other day over 1,900, and he galloped and... Um, he missed the way, but it was over with a sit, which is usually not his go. But I do believe it is his go if he sort of settles into that pattern. Now, um, over 2,300, you know, I dare say we'll have to roll forward and, and get where we need to be, and, and it'll be rolling along. But the problem is, um, you know, he, he can roll along quick, but for how long? So as long as he sort of settles and, um, you know, gives Brandon the best drive he can, I, I'm sure he'll be all right. But it's, it's something we haven't asked him to do. Um, ideally, I'd like him to have a sit, you know, but I think in this circumstance, it doesn't look that way. Okay, your other runners tomorrow night, he said, she said, despondent. They go around in the consolation of the Golden Guitar. Luxury lad draws barrier one in the dash for cash over 1,200. Can you get a winner from any of those runners? I'm hoping so. You know, like, they're, they're no uh, standouts, but you know, I think they're very uh, consistent performers. And, uh, you know, I think Luxury Lad's drawn one, you know, if he holds up. He uh, he's only given something to catch, you know. So whether he can hold on to another thing, but you know he never disappoints me. He always tries his best, and uh, you know, I think the conditions um, tomorrow night might suit him. And the other two, I yeah. suppose, uh, they need a bit of luck as well. But um, I think they're going well enough. All right. Well, fingers crossed that it will be a a big night for Graham Dwyer tomorrow night at Tamworth, chasing the Golden Guitar and the Tamworth City Gold Cup. We'll be cheering you on from up here, uh, Graham, in Brisbane. So appreciate the time this morning and go well tomorrow night. Okay, thank you, Chris. There's Graham Dwyer joining us. So uh, based in Tamworth, he's been there for the entire carnival and hopefully he can come home with some good spoils. Like I said, career best season for Graham last year. So uh, hopefully he gets a, a big race victory there with the Golden Guitar. We've got harness racing at Gloucester Park tomorrow night. But before we talk about... Tomorrow night, we've got to talk about last week, and our man from the West joins us now. Matty Young, good morning. Good morning to you. 
it had everything last week. Uh, Leverage O, a little bit chancy at the start, changed the uh, the dynamic of the race, and in the end, uh, it was sort of not what we expected. But uh, credit to the winner, he was really good. Was really good, and he's a horse who's uh, travelled over, raced, and performed well in the Eastern States. Um, he's won the Golden Clipper as a two-year-old. He won the WA Derby as a three-year-old. Uh, they just used him a bit too much in the Golden Nugget, and sort of more his caper is what happened on Friday night. He just got that beautiful run, and Emily Savelka just waited and did not move uh, in the concluding stages. And was able to uh, pull out with about 120 to go, and he finished off over the top. So look, it was um, it was outstanding to see a uh, great bunch of owners and Justin Prentice. That's another Group One win this time at Fremantle Cup. He's uh, so known for the juvenile paces, but this horse has been well trained throughout two and three, and now he's a Fremantle Cup winner at the age of four. And one ten from thirty five. Yeah, Mighty Ronaldo, you're talking about a very big odds. What do, what do we make of Magnificent Storm at the moment? Um, look, I was really disappointed with him. I thought the way the race mapped, it looked a big chance that he would go forward. And uh, you could see just prior to release that Eldo had one one plan set in mind, that was to go back. Now, if they did roll the dice and go forward, then he's a massive chance to have led because uh, Diego didn't really push off the arm until uh, Labrajo bubbled. And Magnificent Storm would have slung shot across and probably led. So, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But I thought with all the horses drawn underneath him, it looked a big chance for him to be able to at least breeze that event and be up outside the speed and because we know how talented he is. And they elected to go back and then didn't take off three wide first and he couldn't um, track Jumping Jack Mack into the race and beat him home. So, look, on face value, he's... he's pretty disappointing um, on what we can expect from Magnificent Storm. Um, yeah, he's always been a hard horse to catch in this grade for mine um, because his best is unbelievable, but uh, he can mix his form quite regularly. What's the situation with Gary Hall Jr. on off, on off? He ended up driving in last week's Fremantle Cup, but is he out of the WA Pacing Cup? Uh, he's, yeah, serving 18-day suspension, started from midnight Friday, I believe, and I think he's appealing one of those decisions, but look, it looks unlikely that we're going to see Junior drive in the WA Pacing Cup. So, uh, yeah, it's at this stage, he's not he's not going to drive in it, and uh, he'll be on the sidelines. So, um, yeah, he, he had two charges to contend with, and I believe they were made to be served concurrently, so... If he beats one of the charges, then uh, maybe the time still uh, carries him over the pacing cup threshold. But he's appealing one of the charges. He's accepted uh, the guilty plea on the other one. So, yeah, at this stage, no Gary Hall Jr. for the pacing cup. And if um, people know Jr. well enough, they understand that he's completely useless when it comes to driving in January. Uh, He can win all the group ones, but... He always does something stupid, and here we are again in 2023 with him on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, no doubt about it. And just on leverage, Joe, he, he made that gate break, so he's been made outside the draw. He was back at the trials, I think, midweek this week, and he's going to start again tomorrow night. So there's every chance he will be back in the draw as long as he's uh, on his best behaviour tomorrow night for the pacing cup. Yeah, exactly. As long as he um, faces the gate properly and leaves the gate properly, he'll uh, be back in the draw for the pacing cup. So, 
we haven't really seen him do anything like that, and I was very, very peculiar as to why he did that. So um, he's a horse that uh, many talk about. He's never won a Group 1. He's one of the best horses we've had in a long time to not win a Group 1. But, uh, yeah, it's getting harder and harder because these are the, the big races that he's going to have to contend and uh, contest to win one of these Group 1s. So... Uh, you get barrier one, you think, beautiful, everything's good, hunky-dory, and then he does that at the start and uh, just opened the field right up. And we talk about Diego as well. He was 11 from 11 leading going into last yeah. week, and then because Madison fired him up to get to the top, he fired up, and uh, she just wasn't able to get him to relax in the run. Got a soft lead time, but it was her fighting him for that lead time, and then he just went off into some quick sectionals. So... There was plenty of stories, as you mentioned, Chris. It uh, had it all last uh, last Friday night, and yeah, it was an exciting race. Yeah, well, bring on the WA Pacing Cup because I think that's going to be just as exciting, if not better, than the Fremantle Cup because there's uh, so many little angles that you can look at the WA Pacing Cup with. So we'll we'll talk more about that next week. On tomorrow night, just that free for all race four, Laverjo's drawn out in in gate nine. Can he overcome that tomorrow night? Yeah, look, he can overcome it. I think um, I think they'll be pretty aggressive with him to try and push forward and sit up outside them. And he looks pretty hard to beat. It's a pretty open sort of race. Wild West, it's a huge test for Wild West because if he fails tomorrow night, does he miss out in the Pacing Cup next week? Of course, last year's winner of the Pacing Cup at 101. But, uh, yeah, he really needs to do something tomorrow. Same with Prince of Pleasure, who's trying to force his way into uh, the final field, which I think looks pretty unlikely on his current form. Vampiro is a horse who is capable, but uh, he's been a little bit disappointing his first two runs back. But he's a little bit big in condition. Regato Max trying to push for a start. Uh, Lavra Joe will be in there. And, yeah, it's, a, it's just a really intriguing race. And... You talk about those horses trying to push for a start and then you've got the Knights of Thunder where we see Penny Tiger mm. who's looking to push his way into a pacing cup start. And you've got to say, if he does win uh, tomorrow night, he should be in there. Well, he was awesome last week and I'm glad you touched on this because that was my next line of questioning. Uh, so good last week. There's a very good chance that he can repeat in the Knights of Thunder. So... Uh, it was a, a great scene there last week. Mickey Grantham back uh, with uh, Michael Brennan there, steering Penny Tiger home. So, can he do it again? Yeah, look, um, if he, the way he went last week, um, he's gone one fifty one eight point two of a second outside of Quinny's track record, and it was on a windy night. So, I think if it was a warm night, he would have broken Quinny's track record, and he hadn't had a run in a month, so. Uh, coming off that with a seven-day bounce, I expect him to further improve again. The, the important thing is uh, he doesn't need to run that to uh, win the race. Uh, it was just a qualifying. So uh, nothing off the front line will hold him out. He'll lead and he should just go under his own steam and he should just win again, basically. Okay. So he should be in the WA Pacing Cup then, that being said? Yeah, yeah, you'd say so. Um I can't imagine why he wouldn't be in the WA Pacing Cup because if he takes out uh, the Group 3 Knights of Thunder after winning a Group 1 four-year-old classic, uh, he's only had one run w which is sceptical was the Golden Nugget and he had issues on that occasion where he choked down. So 
Like, I don't think they'll use him off the gate in the WA Pacing Cup because he can over-race, but he's also a very potent sit-sprint horse, and he's beaten Mighty Ronaldo, Labrajo, Jumping Jack Max. So uh, why can't he do that on the biggest stage? Yeah, absolutely. Now, tell me this. You, you tip him that 91, that uh, four-year-old championship, that uh, big group one, he went off at a big odd. Has that frame photo arrived yet for you? <laughs> no, I've named my shed after him, though. <laughs> I knew there was something there. Yeah, the shed materials were dropped off this week. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be the Penny Tiger shed. All right. What is your best bet tomorrow night, Matt? Look, I found the meeting a little bit tricky uh, tomorrow. Uh, I thought there was a few races that you could sort of look into having a bet in, but I, I was sort of happy to play a little bit of value, and it's all dependent on market uh, markets percentages when they come out but I'll look on with race eight number 11 master Yossi now he's coming coming back from standing start races where he has been driven pretty aggressively and I think he's probably it was probably over the top aggression uh, where he's got a good turn of foot and he was racing some nice horses there he drops in grade back to a mobile it's a mile nice trailing draw off the back line and there's about six or seven off the front that will all want to lead so I can see a quick first quarter. As soon as they back off, then he can be put into the race at some stage. He's got a good turn of foot. He is quite tough. Uh, I think he'll run a really big race. So race eight, number 11, Master Yossi, for me, is my best. Okay, for Team Bond there, race eight, number 11, Master Yossi. So a lot to look forward to over the next couple of days. That meeting tomorrow night, all important, because in many ways it is going to shape the WA Pacing Cup coming up on Friday week. Steve, any more questions for Matt? Not at this stage. Okay. Are you calling it <laughs> this weekend? Are we on next week? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's Australia Day, so um, yeah, that's we'll good. Be it'll, only be, it'll only be 9.30 over here for me, so I might have only just cracked my first beer. <laughs> good time <laughs> of year in Australia. Do, right? <laughs> what was that? Oh, it's a good time of year around Australia Day for a certain reason. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful conditions over here in WA. I think it's going to be a lovely 32 degrees. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Thanks, Matt. Matty Young joining us there. Chris, any little snippets of news? Yeah, just a couple of quick ones. Queen Elida, the star trotting mare for Brent Lilly, who was third in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final at her most recent start. She's down to trial, I think it's today. Yeah, it's today. Uh, so she's going to be back in action soon. Obviously, the Great Southern Star is going to be a big target race for her. Uh, that's where they have the, the heat and final on the same night at Melton. So it'll be interesting to see how she comes back. One horse that she is down against in that trial is Pat's Beachstorm, the former New South Wales Derby winner. Uh, he, he's really struggled in the last 12 to 18 months. He's now featured in a stable chain. He's now under the care of Lisa Miles. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes up, Pat's Beachstorm. And speaking of the New South Wales Derby, uh, that race is... Just around the corner, coming up in early March, school captain, uh, the proven Group 1 performer for Nathan Jack. Uh, he is going to be set for the New South Wales Derby. So that is really starting to take shape, the New South Wales Derby. There's talk about Merlin coming across from New Zealand for Barry Purden. So there's a couple of uh, key horses, as we know, sure thing, captain. He's going to Sydney next week for the, uh, the Simpson Memorial. The New South Wales Derby is part of the plan as well. And we just heard from Trent Dawson. He's looking at it with his Group 1 winner in for real life. So that could be a really good race. We know who won it last year as well, Steve. We do indeed. And by the way, Captain Ravishing, close now? 
Yeah, well, I think uh, that race comes up in early February, so mm. it's only a couple of weeks away now that uh, that uh, the bonanza of the race they're chasing. So if he wins that, he's guaranteed to start in the Chariots of Fire. So I think that's... It's only a couple of weeks away, mm. so it's not all that far away. So it'll be good to see him back. It will. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve.